The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about being a strong man in the 21st century. What does that mean? What do women want today? The age-old question, what, do, what does a woman want? And has it changed over the years? My guest today is Elliot Katz. He's the author of um, several books, most of them having to do with outdoors and hiking. Um, and, and actually, that's a part of this book as well, but the, <laughs> that's sort of the background. But the book is called Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man. Hey, welcome to the show, Elliot. Good to be here, Carol. Now, um, some of the things that you're going to say, I think people, um, certainly some of it is controversial, but uh, it, it is a voice that we really haven't heard. And so um, for that, I think that it's worthwhile. Um, you know, one thing that you talk about, well, before we get into what you talk about in the book, why don't you tell us about um, really the most interesting part of anything is why someone um, wrote a book about a particular topic, you know, what the personal significance is for them. And so tell us about that. Right. Like, like most books of this type, it results in the person's own journey and own searching to, to learn this, these ideas. So I was married for 10 years. Then I got divorced. And at first, like a lot of people, I, I blame the other person, right? It's all their fault. Then I came to the point of thinking, well, what do I have to learn from this? I, I don't want to go through this again. So I, that's really sort of set me off on a journey of what does it mean to be a man? Like I, and, and really the first thing I learned was a lot of men are confused. You know, you start talking to men, and there seems to be general confusion. We hear all these messages about being sensitive, about not being controlling, and, and we're trying so hard, and yet it doesn't seem to be working. Women are very frustrated with men today. And, and you know, listening to, to women friends, they, they talk about how frustrated they are, like that a guy can't make a decision even where to go for a cup of coffee, and 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 yet men will say, well, they're being you know flexible, they're being sensitive. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a real big disconnect. <laughs> so I started reading books on relationships and marriage, and they really didn't say anything to me. And it was really only when I turned to the teachings and lessons that in former generations, fathers and other older male role models used to teach younger men about what it means to be a man. And, and they, these coincided with what I heard women complain is lacking in men today, that they don't show leadership, they don't make decisions, and they don't take responsibility. They don't seem to understand that, you know, a woman wants a man who will step forward and deal with situations. Well, men will tell me, oh, you know, the home is the woman's domain. I just let her make all the decisions. And I think they're being these 
sensitive, non-controlling guys, and they can't understand why women are so frustrated with them. Yes. Um, well, I think that that point of men not being around to teach, you know, the grandfathers not teaching fathers, not teaching sons, um, you know, is a major problem uh, that really has not been given enough attention uh, in recent years. But as divorces have increased and as people have moved um, father and father away, uh, this the idea of a man growing up, a young man growing up without the constant presence and tutelage of his father and even grandfather is really at the root of a lot of these problems. Exactly. It's very common today. There's so many men today, they grow up you know, with families of divorce or men that work long hours and they go to school most of their teachers are women and they really grow up without a strong male role model. And so many men, when I talk to them about these ideas, they say like they never heard this before, and they've never been told that they they need to show leadership. That the woman really wants a man he, she can turn to, and and look to uh, for, to show leadership. You know, you said at the beginning these ideas are controversial. You know, it's interesting. I wrote the book for men, and I would tell them, you know, read the book. Don't show it to your wife. Don't let her see it. Just do it. You'll see there'll be a change. So what what happened? We're the biggest buyers of the book, women. Yeah. They're the ones asking me, how do I get my husband, boyfriend to read it? Or, or women are buying it for their sons. They say, you know, my son is going to start dating soon. He's, in, you know, he's 21. He's, time, he's thinking, you know, looking towards getting married. I want him to know these things. Hmm. That's very interesting. Well, what do you think, um, looking back at your own marriage after you've done this, uh, all of this research and writing, what do you think was your own contribution? I mean, what was the problem? Well, I, I, you know, I think it's, it's really about taking full responsibility. You know, I meet a lot of divorced men, and they'll tell me how their ex-wives did all these things, terrible things. And, you know, they're all acting like they're victims of their ex-wives, and they don't understand. And, you know, and they don't understand why nobody has any sympathy for them. And really, okay. it's because as much as we talk about equality, people expect that the man is going to show leadership. But if something wrong is going on, He's not going to just say, act like a helpless victim. He's going to say, well, this is wrong. We have to fix it and step forward and really create the kind of situation that he wants it to be and not just be this helpless victim that so many men I meet are like complaining about their wives or ex-wives. So I think that was really the big lesson for me. Like I could say all these things happened, my ex-wife did this and that, but, you know, what was I doing? Why wasn't I saying, well, no, this is wrong. This is not, you know, we're not going to do this. Yeah. To show the leadership, to do it in a way that shows positive leadership, or making the home a better place. Well, have you, um, have you, <laughs> what, what has your ex-wife said about this book? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know you if she's read it even. You didn't copy? Pardon? You didn't send her a copy? Um, well, I guess I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, huh. things are relatively peaceful now, so it's best just, uh, you know, we each live our own lives. You know, she has a new partner. She's been with him for 10 years, so I, I wish her all the best, really. Uh-huh. And so have you been um, trying to use these new... Absolutely, you know. and and definitely, women appreciate it. Women, you know, the person I'm with now, she, she says, you know, she goes with me to media interviews, and she'll tell them, yeah, I like this about him. 
that he shows leadership and makes decisions and doesn't always turn to me and saying, you know, so many men are always turning to the Lord. Well, you decide. What, what do you want? <laughs> you know, well, you make the plans. It's really, you know, even like, like I was telling you, women, so many women have told me, single women, they go on a date, the guy can't even decide where to go for a cup of coffee. It's like she's looking at you. I tell men, so she's looking at you and as a potential life partner and in life and family, there's lots of problems. You know, as a psychiatrist, you know that there's lots of crises. So if you can't even decide, like, where to go for a cup of coffee, how are you going to handle a real problem? Yes, absolutely. So um, so what, when did this book come out? Well, this is the latest edition. just came out this year. The first edition came out in 2006. Okay. And I've been updating with, uh, you know, because I get a lot of input. Uh, from from uh, readers and you know it's interesting like like I said I wrote the book for for men but women are asking me well how do I how do I encourage him to be stronger how do I get him to show leadership how do I get him to make decisions so I tell them well if he says let's let's take a simple thing like a common situation you're going out to eat like he says you want we all go to restaurant A or restaurant B just say you decide then let him decide and then if when he makes a decision tell him. I like that you made a decision. That was a good choice. And if there's a situation that needs to be dealt with that uh, he's not dealing with, just just ask him to deal with it. Just say, you know, we have this problem. Our son has this problem. Could you, could you deal with it? Could you help him? And if he asks you what to do because he doesn't have a clue what to do, just say, well, when I deal with problems, I do research. That's, that's how I find solutions. So I you know, try doing the same thing. And just let him do it. And don't criticize him. And don't undermine him unless he's doing something dangerous or damaging. And, and tell them how much you appreciated the way you handled it. Because so many men, you know, they, they'll tell me, oh, they tried, she undermined me, and then they give up <laughs> after one try. <laughs> Just really. Yeah. It, women, women well, that, that, so it's interesting because the book was really written toward men, saying you got to step forward, take charge. And I tell them, look, you know what, let's say a man, man will say to me, I've been married five years, my wife makes all the decisions, how am I going to start showing leadership? So I say, well, First thing, what you don't do is, if your wife is always making decisions, don't say, oh, you decided we're going to do it this way. No, I'm showing leadership. We're going to do it the complete opposite. That's, that's, not, that's stupid. <laughs> that's undermining her. And it's going to cause conflict. The thing is, do what a leader does. Look for situations that are not being dealt with. You know, be aware of what's going on. Step forward and, say, and, and find a solution and implement it. You, then, you know, just keep, you may, she may ignore you at first because she doesn't believe you're actually doing it, but just keep doing it, and you'll become her hero. What do you think, well, Carol? Do you think that's true? Well, what, from what you've seen, I mean, I I just think that um, I mean, I think certainly the kinds of qualities that you talk about um, of being, you know, not just not just uh, being a leader, but integrity and and values and um, you know, uh, looking for looking for, like what you just said, looking for things that uh, will become a problem later and trying to sort of head that off at the pass. And, and uh, you know, I, I, these are good qualities. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And, yes, in general, our society has uh, fallen apart in women and men as far as integrity and values and, and all these, uh, you know, Girl Scout and Boy Scout ideals. Um, it is hard, though, uh for a couple to um you know to do these things on their own 
I mean, to just, I'm just wondering how, how successful uh, the men have been in trying to follow what you're suggesting. I mean, it is, it is a whole new way of, of I mean, there, you know, certainly what we do have too much of um, is, and you do make this point in your book, that you're not saying that a man should uh, be controlling or be aggressive or, you know, we are having more and more instances of abusive men like Chris Brown with Rihanna and so on, um, or even men that's phys- physically abusive, but then we have sexually abusive men like Tiger Woods, who was essentially sexually abusive to all the women he was sleeping with um, because they didn't know about each other and, and because he wasn't using contraceptive, at least at least in some of the instances and so on. He wasn't being honest with them. Um, it wasn't necessarily physical per se, but so there's all this, this um, there are increasing numbers of men being aggressive or controlling or abusive towards women, and I think that the, the, um, the challenge for you is getting men to understand that you're not suggesting that they uh, be like that, but that being a man um, in a relationship is not that. No, it's the exact opposite. And I, and I, in the book, I really emphasize that point that being controlling and being a leader are opposites. You know, a leader is someone, uh, someone who's a leader in his family or any type of leader, someone who thinks about the greater good. He wants to do what's best for his family, for his children. And that's what his focus is, even though it's not necessarily the best thing for him. He, that's his focus. And, and it means listening to others and really doing the best, what he thinks is best, and listening to his wife if she has another perspective. And, you know, considering you know, I, everything... I need to interrupt you and become the leader in this conversation because I'm hearing the music okay. faintly as it is um, where we need to take a break, but we will continue when, where you left off when we come back. Um, we're talking today with Elliot Katz. His book is Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time, the number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show... Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Elliot Katz. He's the author of Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man. Um, During the break, we were talking about uh, how the book, Elliot was telling me how the book is being translated into 15 languages. Correct, right. In Asia, Europe, Latin America. Yes, which is really interesting. Um, Latin America, you know, certain countries one where one thinks that the men um, are pretty macho. Yes, exactly. You, you know, it's being published in Brazil, where the whole the idea of machismo originated. There, it's being uh-huh. published by a very major uh, psychology book publisher. You know, who books for like self-help books. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's what that's what you think. That's what you think. There's this image. Men are macho, and like it's been, it was published by a major publisher in Japan, where you think every man has a geisha, right? It's mm-hmm. not at all. It's not like that. It's really it seems like this whole generation of men weren't really taught the manly traits that the previous previous generations of men were taught. That's very interesting. And you were starting to talk about um, about how how you were originally you originally thought that the main audience for this book was going to be men. And, um, of course, being the strong man a woman wants, that's the title. Um, but t- tell us about that, how your, sort of your, uh, what happened to you, how you figured this out. Well, like I said, I, I, I thought the market for this is men. You know, I thought men who went through, you know, situations I went through and I thought would be more open, you know, because often if you go through, you know, as, as a psychiatrist, you know, and uh, when people are in pain or they have problems, they're more open to change. So I really thought men, this was the market for men, men who are having troubles in their marriage, and uh, this could help them. And, um, you know, I got some, you know, some pretty good coverage on, on men's websites and places where that market uh, is attracted to. 
and it really didn't get the response that I expected. And uh, it was actually a while later, I was at a book sale, had, I was at a conference, and there was a book sale at the conference, and uh, I had the book there, and the women were just grabbing it. <laughs> Even the women organizing the conference, like, held, organized the books, uh, held back some copies for themselves, and women were grabbing it, and then, you know, I'm going to get this for my husband, I need this for my boyfriend. And when I talked to men who were looking at the book, I'd have to talk and talk and talk and explain to them. And really, like, I, I remember one time I talked to him, finally when I got through to him, he said, you know, I realize you're saving my marriage. That's what he said to me. But it just took a while because this is so different than what what they think. They think, just let her run everything, just do whatever she wants, just, and then she should be happy. And they can't understand why women aren't happy. So they want a man who can show leadership. They don't want someone who's always looking for them to make decisions. And really, for the man, it's easy for men there. Well, let them make all the decisions. It's easy. I mean, it's hard work to, to find out a solution to a problem and make a decision and then, you know, if, some, if a man makes a decision and it goes wrong, he's afraid of being blamed. So this way, he thinks it's easier. Like, and then, but he could cover up by saying, I'm being a nice guy, I'm being sensitive, I'm being non-controlling. It's, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that was really a turning point. And then, you know, once I started focusing on women, that, yeah, that's a much more popular response. That, that's very interesting. Um so why don't you now in the book you go back to through history to get quotes from uh, about this um, right. you know this isn't like just a just a new phenomenon I mean what's new is I, I think um, what's new is the difference the change in the gender roles but these ideas of of being a strong man or that being a strong man who who is able to have all of these positive qualities is is what's important in a marriage goes back centuries. Um, right. Tell us about some of those things. Right. Well, well, you know, the subtitle of the book is Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man, and that was really my own journey. I was looking for what, what can I learn? I mean, I've, people have been married for thousands of years, so if we're having such a high divorce rate today, what is it that we don't know? Like, that's really what I felt. I felt there's something I don't know that I need to know. Mm -hmm. And so I started, like I said, I read all these books on marriage. They said nothing to me. It's only when I started looking at stuff that had been written, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago, 1,000 years ago. I said, well, look at that. This is, this is the same situation today. This is written as if it was written for me today. It's talking about situations that I'm trying to deal with today. So, it, it, uh, you know, it's really, you know, there's a lot of wisdom that, you know, has withstood the, the test of time. And so it's not my ideas. Like, it's not saying I'm, I've come up with this, some new approach, some, you know, <laughs> Some magical solution that I dreamt up. No, this is insight and wisdom that's been around thousands of years. And, and the fact that it's withstood the test of time after all these years really says, well, that's, that's worthwhile looking at it. And really, when I read something and I said to myself, gee, I wish I had known this when I was married, that's what went into the book. So, so that, that's well, really what. Well, tell us about it. some of these things. Tell us about your um, examples of things, you know, mistakes that you made and how you've changed. So that we can get ideas through. Well, you know, I think one, one thing you, know, you talk about looking for solutions and, and for problems, and I, and I realized, you know, like a lot of fathers, I was just sort of looking to my, you know, my wife. You know, the problem with the kid. Oh, you know, she really knows more about it. I don't, I don't know anything. I'll let her do it. Let let her deal with it. And uh, I didn't realize just how frustrating that is because uh, to her, to a woman, I, I'm, it's like the man is shirking his responsibilities. It's like, you know, men think, oh, I come home, I change the diapers, I wash the dishes. I'm, 
But I asked him, well, what's the difference between you and the nanny? It's not, you know, a father takes responsibility and shows leadership. So that, I know there was, there was really, to me, there was a turning point. That my, one of my daughters had this, this problem, and I, I, I don't want to embarrass her by going into details. But her mother took her to all these specialists and everything, and uh, basically nothing helped. And it was really, they said, well, you know, just let it be. And I felt, no, it wasn't right. And, I, and I, so I did this not to, and I, I agreed with what she was doing. Um, but then I felt once they decided, well, they weren't going to do anything, I, um, I said, well, no, that's not right. I'm, I'm going to start doing, uh, looking for an answer. And, you know, that, that's what I said, look, do research. And I ended up, I went to the library, I found this, uh, it was a medical book on treating this condition, and it actually had a section of the book that said, when all these other things don't work, here are some ways that may work. And, I, and one of them, I said, I bet this would work, and it was... Uh, I implemented and it really was a, really a, a big improvement immediately. So yeah. I, that was like to me that was to me that was a turning point. I said, "Well, that is my role. It's my role isn't just say waiting for her to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. Step forward. There's a problem. You know, I I just, I just want to say I wasn't undermining her. I agreed with everything she was doing. But when it came to the point that they decided, well, let's just leave it. You know, she'll grow out of it. And I said, no, let's see what I can do. And that was. To me, that was like a turning point in my mind that, yeah, that's my job, to be a leader. It's like, there's a problem, step forward, find a solution, don't just leave it all to her. You know, too many men, they think, I'll bring in the money, that's enough, I'll let her run, run everything else. And then, then they don't understand why they just, that, 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 that everybody else just looks at them as a source for money. Like, that's all you want from me is money. Well, that's, that's all you did. You didn't show that leadership role that people expected of you. Well, what about women who say that they don't really want the man to, um, that, that they want to be in charge of the, the household, the children, everything else, the man, you know, they, just as long as the man keeps bringing in the money? Well, after Why that, I haven't really met any women like that. I, I mean, I don't, it's like, you know, we were just before the break we were talking about the difference between being controlling and leadership. You know, they don't want someone who's controlling, who's going to undermine them and, and just rule everything. They, they want a partner who, who shares leadership with them. It's really both people are leaders, and the problem today is men aren't showing their share of leadership. I just want to go back to that point I was trying to make about the difference between leadership and controlling. You know, someone who's controlling is, is just really thinking about themselves. It's selfish, they're in, usually insecure, and, and usually what they want is, is for, for their own, themselves. It's not, they're not thinking about the greater good. So really, leadership and controlling are, are, are completely two different things. I mean, think about leadership on the, like a Politician, the president of the United States, we want him to be focused on what's best for the country. If he thought, if we thought he was only doing what's best for himself, he, he would not have gotten elected, right? It's, it's, it's really it's a similar idea in the family. Well, I don't think <laughs> I don't think we should go there. No, no, I, I don't mean to go into politics. I just thought, like an analogy. In general, I, I agree with the concept that you're talking about, not necessarily the specific yeah, president. No, I know, I know. <laughs> But yes, in, a, in the in the best of all possible worlds, uh, the president is supposed to be thinking of what's best for the country, not right. just what's best for him. Um, but yes, I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, but it is interesting that women do seem to say that they want one thing, is what you're trying to say, and yet really um, at a deeper deeper level. Uh, they're wanting more, more of an equal partnership, or more of even a not. You're saying not just an equal partnership, but a leader. Right, right. They want, well, they want a leader. Uh, yeah. And, and so the question th- that I often get is, so how come 
when I try to show leadership, my wife undermines me. Yes. <laughs> so the answer is, often, not, this doesn't apply to every case, you really have to look at what she's saying. If Is she saying something that um, is true? Like, is she pointing out a perspective that you hadn't thought of? Then, then that's very valuable, and then you should, should consider what she's saying, because she's an intelligent person, and she's, she's pointing out things that would be helpful. But if she's really doing it to, to like, undermine you, like, you feel like she's just, like, automatically against you, then that's really a test. I, mean, I see it as a test, and I tell people it's a test, and you have to see, well, you have to show, show leadership and say, you know, you're not going to give in, because if you, if you really believe that, you say you have to show her that you're strong and that you're going, you mean what you say, and, uh, and really she's testing you. Well, you mean testing you to see whether she can trust... Uh that you are going to, to come across with, with solutions. Right. Just test to see if you're strong. If, if you're just... Okay. We do need to take another break now. Um, we're talking about uh, men and women in the 21st century, being a strong man. The title That's the title of the book of my guest, Elliot Katz. We will be back after the break. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your psychiatrist host, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times do you want help then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. 
And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about being a strong man in the 21st century with Elliot Katz, the author of Being a Strong Man, Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man. And um, I don't know, maybe you've heard this story already, but did you hear the story about the bus that uh, there was this big bus crash and lots of men and these couples who were on the bus uh, died and went up to heaven, and God said, uh, all the men who have been henpecked stand in this line, and all the men who have not been henpecked stand in this line. And one man, there was only one man who, st- who stood in the non-henpecked line, and every, all the other men went into the line that was for men who were henpecked. And God said to the man in the non-henpecked line, um, oh, <laughs> why are you standing there? It's good to see there's one man who's not, who wasn't henpecked. He said, I'm standing here because my wife told me to stand here. <laughs> and if I don't stand here, I'm going to be in trouble. Did you ever hear that before? That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just speechless, did I? <laughs> well, no, it, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a common situation. You know, it, it's, even marketing studies, and I, uh, as I was looking, they'll say, like, how women make this decisions on buying a car and buying a house. Yeah. But so they don't know so what does the man decide? <laughs> that's uh you know, they think well they say that in terms of okay, so you have to market the house to to the woman, right? And or or a car to to the woman because she's gonna make the decision. So what does that say about men though? They don't want to talk about that part, isn't it? Why aren't they making any decisions? It's um Well, you know, I think because there's a lot of collusion, a lot of things going on. On the one hand um, men, besides the fact that they haven't really been taught some of these, you know, things like honor and and uh, being valiant and so on uh, by their dads or grandfathers, um, or that that hasn't been really, or even teachers, that that hasn't been really, uh, these aren't, in, in Los Angeles there's a program that's called, or not a program, but it's a, uh, like a one-minute um, uh, little um I don't know what to call it, like a segment that goes on radio periodically, uh, character counts. And there are these little vignettes um, talking about character, and it's so interesting because it's like, you know, these, it, they're, they're really very good, and there are things that where they, they seem so sort of out of place in our current uh, dog-eat-dog society, and it's so, um, it's so nice to be brought back to, to be reminded of these kinds of principles that were really... Uh, you know, something that people paid more attention to before. Um, But I think that there's so much going on. Women who, you know, during the break I was asking you about this, about whether women have said to you, um, have admitted that it's, I mean, because you said that women are particularly interested in getting this book for their men. And at least in America, um, Elliot is from Canada, um, but in America there is all this woman's, Movement. I mean, from years ago, of course, now, but that still permeates society. And I think a lot of women would be uncomfortable admitting that they want to be with a strong man. It seems very anti, uh, you know, modern times. That's a very interesting point because I I thought the same same things. We must be around the same age. <laughs> but I think what's happened is that the pendulum has swung so far over that. You know, 
men are so afraid of being accused of being controlling. Like I remember, you know, we're talking about two, three decades ago, you know, men are controlling, men are domineering. We have to learn to be more sensitive. Like that was a message men heard over and over. And, and really what's happened is they've gone to the complete other, uh, other extreme where really men say, oh, I won't be controlling, I won't make any decisions, I'll let her make the decisions. And, and women today will say, you know, especially younger women, who I guess really weren't part of that women's movement of, you know, three decades ago, women today will say, well, I want a man who can make decisions. I, I was just with, uh, you know, two colleagues, women colleagues, and they were talking about their husbands, and they said they like their husbands because they're not controlling, but they have backbone, and they step, step forward when there's a situation that needs to be dealt with. So that's really what it is. So, you know, so a man who's just oblivious to problems and thinking, oh, I can't be controlling, I can't be, you know, I don't want to be a tyrant, I don't want to be a domineering, all those things, that, that you know, that's passe. It's a, I think we have to go back to, to the middle, whereas a man's job, where women like a man with backbone, and, and who can step forward and deal with situations. Really, I, I, like I was sitting with these two women at work, and they were saying exactly that. That's what they like about their husbands, mm-hmm. that they have backbone. Well, I think part another part of the problem is that the problems that are facing society and families today are, or seem at least, a lot more complicated than in decades past. I mean, between terrorism um, and between uh, the economy, you know, it's it's very it's not some of the problems that men um or that families have to face are things that are challenging for both men and women absolutely uh, and that's exactly the point so if you have you know serious problems if the man is just being oblivious and waiting for the women to, to solve them and say well we'll just do what you want and he thinks he's being so nice and sensitive that's frustrating you know there are big problems i mean with the economy jobless that's all these things. So, so you need you need two leaders in the family. That that's what it's about. It's a, and when men are are being so sensitive and so non controlling that they're they're just letting the wives try to solve everything. It, it's frustrating. Well, for, let's for, talk about the economy and how um, the impact that this is having on couples. Um, you know, it, it's this we're living in very emasculating times because um, to the extent that that traditional that the traditional family values man being the breadwinner still exists um when the man loses his job uh, i mean now of course because most families are two breadwinning families um still when the man loses his job it's very emasculating it's it makes him certainly seem not the leader or not a man and it's very hard for couples to deal with well, that's true. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, first of all, it's hard to, to lose your job in any situation because it's, uh, you know, it's an important part of, uh, you know, feeling that you're having a purpose and, and of course, the financial impact. But, you know, I think it's worsened when the man sees that as his main or only contribution. Like, you know, I bring in the money, that's my job, and so if I'm not doing that, I'm not, you feel, yes. what, what is, feels useless, right? I mean, we all hear yes. these stories about men who lose their jobs and, still get up in the morning and take their briefcase and leave because they don't want to tell their wives because mm. they're afraid their wives are going to lose them are going to leave them because they are that's their purpose so uh, y- yes i mean it is very it, it makes it uh, more difficult and really it's almost like 
it makes the need for a man to be a strong leader uh, even more important, even more necessary, because, yes, it's difficult times, so you need a strong leader who's going to say, okay, you know, we're going to make it. We're going to get through this and really have a plan and, and do something. It, it's, it's, uh, and, it's, and, you know, be in control of finances. I mean, you know, I, I remember, you know, just as soon after I separated from my wife, I met a, a fellow who was also had recently separated. He told me his wife ran up $50,000 on the credit cards, and I looked at him in disbelief. I said, well, how could you let that go on? Because really, you know, it's man's job to make sure the finances are in order, because, you know, when there's financial stress, it brings a lot of uh, emotional stress, stress in the family, brings up problems in a marriage that uh, wouldn't have otherwise arisen. You know, it's, I quoted that in the book from a source that I wrote that 2,000 years ago. It's uh, nothing has changed. So, you know, in these difficult times, the man has to be more of a leader, has to be stronger to, to you know, to be there for his family, to show that we're going to make it through. Well, I mean, I think that's a good point, that if, if um, his role was just to bring in the money as opposed to helping to um, helping in other ways with the children and so on, then that would be more of a catastrophe as opposed to, uh, as, or as c- compared to a man who's contributing in lots of other ways, too, and this is just one unfortunate problem that he can then try to address, but it's not like he's totally worthless if, if he's lost his job. Exactly. Exactly. Actually, one of the sources I quote wrote uh, a teacher from uh, the 19th century said, "If you think uh, a house, providing a house and money is enough to make you a true father of a family, you will have a lot of grief and misery." So really, it, it's yes, you know, financial stress is, is very is, can be very hard, but your role is, is, is more important than that. So that's. You got to deal with that, and you got to be strong and be there for your family. And that, and if you're just, like I said, just this nice guy who's passive and oblivious, you're just going to make things worse. Well, now, um, what other kinds of, um, you know, what other kinds of, how have you, how have you used this? Uh, let's see, you were, you were, divo- you were married for ten years, and how right. long ago were you divorced? Thirteen. Okay, so and you wrote the book in between, right? Well, after, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, after you were divorced, right? Um, and what? How have you changed? Like, what? Give us some examples of what you learned to do differently, and how you put it into your. your are you um, engaged or in a relationship or married again? Or well, I'm in a relationship now, and it, and it's much better. It's it's uh, and really. She'll say that she likes that I make decisions. She likes that I don't keep asking her, well, what should we do? How, you know, what, what do you want to do? Like, and I catch myself because I was so in the habit of that. I catch myself every time I'm thinking, well, should we go do this or that? I say, well, let me think. What would, what would be best? What would we both enjoy doing? What would she get pleasure from doing? And I say, well, let's do this. And she really appreciates that because it shows that I'm thinking about her. A lot of men, like I said before, will think, I'll ask, you know, I'll let her decide. It shows I'm a nice guy. It just, you know, someone who's going yes, to be there. That illustrates it well because it's it's not just that you pick Chinese over Italian because uh, you like Chinese. It's that you think about um, her preference or the children's preferences. Exactly. Um, exactly. And and don't make the decision in a selfish kind of way, but really because then it shows her and the family that 
um, you're taking the time and that you're interested in them enough to be thinking about what they would really uh, what they would really prefer, or what would really be best, even in you know more serious decisions than where you're going to go to eat. But but exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, being aware of the problems and things, you know, doing some research and and, and uh, really it's like showing leadership. Like, and I really have to catch myself because I'm so used to you know it's so easy to fall back into your old habits. I catch myself. Yeah, stand in that in that non-hintech line. All right. We need to take another break. Um, my guest is Elliot Katz. His book is Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your psychiatrist host, and you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guests jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you about being a strong man in the 21st century and what that means, uh, what women want. Elliot Katz is the author of Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants, Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man. And uh, as we talked about at the beginning, it is so interesting that some of the quotes and ideas that you talk about in the book are from things that are, you know, from thousands of years ago that... that <laughs> that um, have uh, gotten diluted 
<laughs> diluted and diluted over the years. Um, you know, I, I, we were starting to talk during the break about how you do seminars with men and women and how the women, I, I find this very interesting, and how the women seem to be uh, agreeing with you and the husbands are having more trouble getting it. T- tell us about exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot of, there's a lot of men, well, not a lot, but there are some men who do seminars for men only, but I prefer doing them with, with a mixed group, and I often do them with singles events and, and, and married couples too. And, and usually what happens is the men will disagree with me, but then the women will say, he's right, listen to him, that is what we want. <laughs> Especially at singles groups, it's a funny, the men will be, like, they'll argue with me and argue with me, and they know this is what women want, and the women will tell them right there, yes, this is what we want, listen to them, and stop being so passive. <laughs> so what, and then what do they say? How do they, what's the comeback? From the men? Well, well, they listen. They listen. You know, the women actually say this, then they're willing to listen. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. One, one example <laughs> I often give is, the, you know, the you know, very common situation. The, the, the husband's at work, the wife calls and says, and what would you like for supper tonight, chicken or spaghetti? And the woman and the man says, whatever you want, doesn't matter. Whatever you make will be good. <laughs> and they right. can't understand why the woman is, woman is so frustrated. I, I've, had this, I've given this example so many times, and the men will say, yeah, I'm busy doing important things. Why is she calling me? <laughs> and to ask about chicken or spaghetti. Because <laughs> she wants you to decide. She wants you to make the decision. It makes well, her feel and, best. Well, and I think she wants to feel appreciated. She wants to know that when he comes and, and she has spaghetti, that, that he's happy that that's what he got what he wanted. Right, right. So I tell him, if it really doesn't make a difference to you, it's easy. Choose one. Yes. It's, it's, and then, then, okay, so, but what do they say as far as where you know where they got this idea that they should be um, giving her all these, you know, just just listening to whatever she wants? Um, why like why are they disagreeing with you? Where are they? What are they saying? What's the background or the support for their position? Well, I just think that those are the messages that we hear over and over, like in everything. I mean, look how men are portrayed on television. They're, they're buffoons and idiots. And, and it really comes out that this, this, this is what we're told. Like men, you know, these ideas about men being strong and showing leadership, it's like, you know, you know this is like people, people would say, oh, this is, oh, this is like you know, two generations ago. No, really, that, that men today just haven't been told these things. It's really the rare man. Will say, yeah, I, I'm strong. I, I, I show leadership, and that's, and that's really, it makes it for a happier home. And now, well, and, and, and a lot changed when we became an industrialized society, as you point out. You know, before, um, when when families were running farms and families were running stores together, um, they were together, and the man was there in the home to give these kinds of basic lessons. Uh, to their sons, and now that men go off to work in the morning, and and especially uh, sometimes many men working many long hours, um, they're not really around. And then, of course, as we talked about at the beginning, the the couples, the increase in divorces, where men um, are often not around very much at all uh, to to impart these kinds of things. And you know, I. In general, the more um, 
as I've mentioned on my show recently, I'm uh, sort of putting the finishing touches on my book, Bad Girls, Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets. And the more, uh, and this is after having written Bad Boys, Why We Love Them, How to Live With Them, and When to Leave Them. And the more research that I do in this area and the more people I talk to and, and the more convinced I am that such a large part of why our society is deteriorating um, is, besides all the political <laughs> reasons that we won't go into, but is that this, this erosion of the American family because of divorce. That it's not just the, the um, mother and father, it's not just the, the husband and wife that's the issue, but um, it's the impact that that has on the children. Because what we're ha- we've been having, as each generation, uh, as there have been more and more divorces, and each generation is more and more likely to be a product of divorce, um, there is an increasing misunderstanding and fear of intimate relationships, and I don't mean just about sex, I mean of really getting close to someone because of being afraid of being hurt, like you saw your mother or your father being hurt um, in their marriage before the divorce and even after the divorce. And, um, you know, certainly couples shouldn't stay together if there's abuse or if someone is uh, has a you know, has a strong substance abuse and, and they're not getting help for it or, um, I mean, there are certain conditions, certainly. Uh, the, the most serious, of course, is, is physical abuse. But, but other than when there's some tremendous, uh, tremendously wrong situation where even the children are in danger um, and where the person who's involved in this problem doesn't want to get help, refuses to get help consistently year after year, then um, sometimes that is the only option. But so many other times it's just a, um, a failure of two people to be willing to work harder to get along uh, or because they think that they want something you know, some bright new shiny toy that's over there and think that, you know, what the hell. Um, and and I think that if more people realized the impact that this decision was going to have on their children, they would work harder to try to keep this marriage together. I mean, I always say that if, if people, if a couple has children, if a married couple or even non-married has children, uh, well, if they're not married, it's not an issue of divorce, but if, if, a, if a married couple has children, they owe it to themselves and to their children to be in therapy for at least a year before they consider divorce, before they get divorced, because the, the long-term um, scars that not only affect their children, but then their grandchildren and the, the grandchildren's children and so on, to make it so that we do have a society now, thousands of years later, that have all of these different kinds of, of problems in relationships, including what we're talking about today, um, it, it's really been, it, it's just the problem has multiplied from generation to generation, and we're really, if we don't start trying to, to fix these problems um, and get people to understand uh, get men and women to understand each other better, not just to sort of say, you know, whatever you want, dear, whether that's the man or that's the woman, but um, there has to be more of a recognition of how important this is 
because of how many generations it's it's having an impact on and, and the whole society that that's having an impact on and I'm hearing the music and okay I guess I've been talking a long time we need I feel very passionate about this because I, I do feel that this is at the root of so much of our society going down the tubes um, I agree with Elliot, you <laughs> give us your uh, the, give us your website the website is beingthestrongman.com and the book's available at amazon.com and it's also at uh, Barnes and Noble and Borders bookstores and if you go there and out of it, just ask them, they'll order it for you pretty quickly. Okay, and again, the title is Being the Strong Man a Woman Wants Timeless Wisdom on Being a Man. And the author is Elliot Katz. And Elliot, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, you Carl. bring a, an, interesting, um, an interesting take on this whole topic. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.